Presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Abisay Bayisa and Rachel Pierce. Uh, Rachel, I'm hoping I can pick your brain because I got a call today on a helpline on something that I have never heard before okay. in my life. Okay. I actually had to Google it. <laughs> have you ever heard of black money? Well, it's funny you should ask because I got a call recently on the same thing. And no, I had never heard okay. of it. I too had to Google it. I was like, and of course Googled it before I called the person back because I didn't want to look like I had no idea what I was talking about. Right. So if you've never heard of black money and you clicked on this link because you were curious, <laughs> you're in for a treat. Um, right. So black money, as I understand it, is basically some kind of a scheme where what happens what i understand in my case the what i understand from the facts of the call is that the victim was basically duped into giving uh, this defendant $42,000 in actual money mm -hmm. american dollars um to this defendant and the defendant told the victim that this black money would become legitimate currency and the victim would double his investment. So I'm nodding along as I'm listening because I don't know what black money is. Um, but the bottom line of the call is, how would you determine loss? Okay, so let's talk just for a little bit, sort of, and especially if people haven't heard of the black money scheme, let's just talk a little bit about what it is or what I understand it to be. It's this idea that you paint the money, you paint the counterfeit currency black. Okay. So that is to hide it from law enforcement. So it's to avoid law enforcement detection. That's the whole purpose of painting it black. So it just looks like a bunch of black paper as opposed to currency. So if I understand what you're saying, there are uh, folks out there who've got counterfeit money and that's their scheme to defraud. Mm -hmm. And in order to like avoid walking around with a bunch of fake money, mm -hmm. they paint the paper black. Right. So that if you're caught, what, you just have a bunch of... It just looks like a bunch of black pieces of paper. Which okay. Is, I, it, I know it sounds a little strange, okay. but it clearly happens. Okay, I, it happens. So then what, th what they do is you have to buy these chemicals that are really expensive so that you can quote unquote wash the black money. And then once you wash the black off of it, it's your fake counterfeit money and then you can presumably spend it, okay? Oh, okay, so, sorry, just sort of following <laughs> this. Um, so you're saying this, the, the fraud is that these people have money and then also have this black money, black pieces of paper, right. and they go to folks and say, here's money it's it's almost like a, a con investment scheme okay like in in if they say give me your money i'll double it because what we'll do is we'll give you this counterfeit money and okay. we'll hide it so that no one can tell what it is we hide it in the legitimate currency so that no one can tell it just looks like it's you know maybe st separating stacks of okay. money or something like that um what happened in the case that i had is that the black money the the money that was quote unquote money that was painted black was actually just a blank piece of paper. So it wasn't even... It wasn't even counterfeit currency. 
Oh, it was just white pieces it of paper. It was just white pieces of paper that were painted black. So in your case, you're saying that somebody paid a bunch of money for these chemicals. Yes. Right? Yes. That they're supposed to wash the money with. Right. And then they will have at least counterfeit money. But in your case... There was no counterfeit money. It was just a blank piece of white paper. Okay. So this poor victim really got duped out of 42000 legitimate dollars. Got it. Right. Okay. So the probation officer, in my case, the probation officer that called wanted to know how to calculate loss on those blank pieces of paper. And, you know, the defendant in her case was convicted under a counterfeiting statute. Okay. So the guideline that they were using was 2B5.1. All right, which is not a fraud guideline, it's a counterfeit guideline. Right. 2B5.1 is the counterfeit guideline. So if you look at the language of the specific offense characteristic at 2B5.1 that tells you how to calculate loss in these cases, it says you, you look at the increase for the face value of the counterfeit items. Right, so if you had just a regular counterfeiting case and somebody's caught with $10,000 of fake dollars, right, right? Right. Then we know that the loss under 2B5.1 is $10,000. Exactly. Right? And in my case, you know, it sounds to me that in my case, the victim did get some fraudulent money. Mm -hmm. And so if you had, if you had, I guess, the way that a black money scheme is supposed to work. Exactly. Which is eventually you will be left with some counterfeit money. Right. We know how to do the loss. Right. I think the issue in your case, though, is there there's, was not even... There's no face value to a blank piece of paper. Oh. So here's... That's the wrinkle there, you know. If you read the plain language of the guideline, there's no face value on a blank piece of paper. So you can't calculate loss on those 42,000 blank pieces of paper. So, and it sounds like, okay, so then the defendant's getting away with something? Well, let me ask you a question, because it's not just whatever was the blank piece of paper, what about the, I mean, I, I don't know, like maybe the money for the chemicals that they had to buy to? Well, again, when you're looking just at the definition of loss for 2B5.1, which is the counterfeiting guideline, it talks about the face value. Right. And there's no room for collateral damages or whatever. They can, you know, like, like at 2B1.1, right. we have all these rules for loss calculations. We even have a rule for intended loss. Right. There's no rule for intended loss at 2B5.1 because this might be an intended loss. You could make an argument, well, they intended there to be a loss of $42,000. But it doesn't square with the language of face value of the counterfeit item. It's so interesting because I think if we were in 2B 1.1, it's like not only do we not, we have we have actual loss. Like right. We have the money right. that the defendant presumably paid at least for these special chemicals, right? right to like right. wash this fake money. And the $42,000 that they handed over to the defendant. But here it's like you got you got nothing. You got nothing. And and the counterfeiting guideline does not contemplate a right. situation where you're looking at at any loss amount other than the face value of the money. Right. So oh, so what do we do? What what do we do? <laughs> well, what I told the caller is that you know, this might be a situation that would be ripe for a variance. Okay. Um, I'm not sure departure would be appropriate because, you know, departures contemplate things that are not 
um, addressed in the guideline, and I think this is specifically addressed in the guideline, and it doesn't apply here. Right. Um, so I think we're in variance land with this. Interesting, and I think it's so interesting that, you know, 2B uh, 5.1 doesn't, like, contemplate this kind of a it scheme. It doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I guess it doesn't contemplate that you would be convicted of a counterfeiting statute mm -hmm. where there's no face value of some counterfeited fund. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I guess, yeah, variance. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to handle it. Well, I learned something today. I, I Believe me, I did too. <laughs> this wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case. <laughs>